Good morning. Well, I'm looking outside at a <laughs> dark sky, <laughs> and it is the late, late hour of 5 p.m. <laughs> okay. Good evening. Good evening, Michelle. <laughs> Good evening. Uh, how are you? I'm great. I am having a lovely day. Happy to be here with you on this podcast. So can I ask you about something that I think you kind of mentioned, we kind of talked about, but we haven't actually really talked about it. Do it. Selling simple file upload. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. So I have, you know, we have taken this investment from Tiny Seed for Hammerstone. And so I am seriously considering selling simple file upload. And so, so I guess, I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? Like you took the money from Tiny Seed so you can focus on refine Hammerstone full time. Totally makes sense. And you, I, I mean, I think I think you've you've kind of felt for a while now that you were sort of like pulled in too many directions. But I'm curious, like, how did that like, how did you finally get to that point where you like, like, what was that tipping point where you decided to sell it? OK, I love the story. So I don't actually think I've told you this story before. So I was at Rails SAS. That was in October. And leading up to Rails SAS. I had to put a talk together. And one of the things I decided to do in my talk was pre-record and set a live code. This is relevant because putting a talk together with good screencast is a tremendous amount of work. I don't remember if I told the story here, but I recorded all 15 screencasts and I gave them um, in a to a group of friends and realized that they were not recorded at the ideal resolution. And so I went and I found the egghead guide and I had to like download, buy new software and download this software that unlo unlocks this crazy screen resolution on your Mac. It doesn't matter. The point is it was a ton of work. So going to Rails SAS, I was simplify upload. I was my job. I was getting prepared for this talk and we were onboarding the first refined customers. It would be, I was stretched incredibly thin at that time and I was very stressed about it. And that's not how I want to live my life. Something you and I talk about a lot on this podcast is building a business to serve your life, not the other way around. And that's just not, it, it was not awesome. And that was, I was like, this is not what I'm trying to do here. So I go to Rail SAS. It goes great. I have a great time. I have dinner with two very successful founders and I'm talking to these people. And I'm just kind of brain dumping on them a little bit. Like, here is, here's the deal. Here's what's going on. I don't know what to do. I have simple file upload, which feels like it is working and it is so low effort. So I just want to keep it going because it's printing money for me. But I have this other thing that's bigger. It's more ambitious. It's a whole different, it's kind of a whole different ballgame. And, you know, it was just, I was at this dinner with these people and they were just, to, it's interesting sometimes getting, and these aren't people that I'm particularly close. Like we know each other socially, but we're not super tight. And so looking at it from the outside, they were like, why, why? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like if you're splitting your time and attention and you have a family, like there's, there's no way all of these things are going to fail. <laughs> None of it's going to work. <laughs> and it was just kind of one of those light bulb moments, you know, when sometimes you know something is true, but you're lying to yourself about being true and about it being true. Has this ever happened to you? 
Yes. And you're, you're just scary moments. And yeah. And someone says something to you that you know is true, but you have not wanted to admit to yourself. And that is what happened to me um, when these people suggested that maybe I shouldn't have simple file upload or maybe it was a distraction. It kind of like was a light bulb where I was like, yeah, it's almost like I was I was waiting for someone. It was like I was waiting for permission from someone. These people are much more successful than I am. Um objectively speaking, I was like, yeah, maybe that that's right. Maybe I'm holding on to this thing because it's my first thing and it's working and I'm scared to let it go because someone else could grow this to a million dollar business. Like there's so much opportunity there. That's a little bit scary to think I could be walking away from that opportunity, but I have to focus. And I think with where I am in my life and my family and my time, I have to focus so I guess that, that context on the preparing the talk and focus and everything really puts into context you around that time. And like, I mean, also explains why even at one point you were like, should we even keep doing the podcast? Like, do I have time for it? Like, I need to focus on Hammerstone and Refine. And like, you came back from RailSass like a thousand percent in on Refine. Yeah. And I think for me, I mean, and that's true. You know, it's funny too, because Aaron, Aaron and I are bring potentially bringing back the Hammerstone podcast. I was like, okay, we really need to think about how we're spending our time and what is value added because we don't have a lot of time and it takes a lot of time to get a business off the ground. So I need to focus. I need to take a risk, right? Like this is what this is about. It, it's risk taking. I have to pick, I have to pick a horse to back as they say. And they're both good horses, but, um, you know, I think refine is, is what I want to be doing right now. And so I'm, I am exploring what to do with simple file upload. And it, it sounds like getting the tiny seed money was almost like that last little bit of validation that you needed to be like, okay, this is the thing I should be focusing on rather than simple file upload. I think so. And I've thought about that too. I was like, if we didn't get the tiny seed money, is this still the decision? But yeah, I had made this decision after RailSAS. I mean, then that was before we had the tiny seed money. So this decision had already been made, but absolutely like getting that external validation certainly helps to be like, oh, okay, this is, this is the right decision for me right now. So, I mean, talking about selling a business right now, I got to say, I don't know if you read the news. I do uh, not read the news. The economy... <laughs> The economy has seen better. Yes. Uh, <laughs> its hair is a little messy right now. Could use a shower. How are you feeling about selling a business in this environment? Well, man, it's bad timing, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say, except it's bad timing for me. I should have sold it six months ago. I am not on any timeline. So I am... Yes, it would be great if I could sell it tomorrow and, you know, have a lovely transition and not have to worry about it. But I'm not on a timeline. I mean, the business is so low stress. It's low support. It's growing. It makes money. I mean, so it's not ideal, but I'm also not concerned, I guess. I honestly, that's that's a pretty great pitch for selling a business right there. Like, just put that in your description. It makes money. It's low stress. Uh, it could be a million dollars if you put, you know, time into it. So buy it. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> the pitch right there. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, did you, like, are you going through a broker? Are you just, like, 
putting feelers out there? Are you putting it on microacquire? Like, how are you actually selling it? So I listed it on microacquire. Okay. So that is my first. And of course, I haven't tweeted about it. This is the first time I'm talking about it on the podcast. So I haven't breaking tried. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> I haven't tried to use my Eight own. Eight minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? We're bad about that, aren't we? <laughs> we like get to the good stuff once you're in the podcast. Um, yeah, I think I haven't even tried to utilize my network to see if there are people interested. I did list it on microacquire. It's hard to tell with microacquire because I got a lot of air quotes interest, but the air quotes interest look like form emails. So I don't really know like the protocol. So I've had several people send me stuff that's like, oh, we do this. We buy businesses. Can you tell me a little bit more about your business? And I look at that and I'm like, well, you could just read the description. So this feels like a form email. So I'm actually not responding to all of them, which maybe is not the right way to handle it. I don't know. Feels a little bit like, like, I don't know if you've ever posted a job uh, posting and had to read. Yeah, that's what it feels responses. like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you get a lot of stuff that's like they didn't even read, read the description. It. Right. So all. if they send yeah, me, yeah. Uh, if they send me a request, I want to say that I've had like five or six. Um, if they send me a request and they clearly didn't even read the job or the job, no, I said job description. They didn't even <laughs> read the listing that I didn't, I don't respond um, because I, the, the key with this whole thing is I don't want it to take up more of my time to try to sell the business. Like I don't care right now. I mean, I want to, I want to eventually, but it's still growing. So I'm just going to make, be able to sell it for more as time goes on. So I don't want to put a ton of time in if people aren't serious. And if, if yeah. you know, someone comes through that's serious, I absolutely would put time in because I think it'd be great. But it's just like, honestly, when I look at my list of priorities for the next six months, selling it is is low, but but definitely something I am considering for a serious buyer. I mean, I guess all it really does for you is just makes you money the more it sits there like it's that's not what i'm saying <laughs> like it's collecting dust win. or decaying in money. any way like and you just you know kind of do what you have to do to maintain it but you just keep you know getting what is it 1700 bucks a month oh from babe it? 1850 oh sorry okay 1850 yeah. a month from it right <laughs> yeah um like so i mean that's a, at least a good thing like if you were you know six months ago for example and we were talking about selling it and you got to the point of seriously selling it, I imagine that your goal for selling it would have been to basically self-fund yourself going on refined full-time. Right. And now that you have, you know, that little bit of investment from Tiny Seed, you don't have that pressure as much. Um, right. And so, it, I mean, in any kind of negotiation, not feeling pressured about the price or time is an extremely good source of leverage, right? Like that's right. when people are kind of forced into a deal that is less than ideal for them. Um, but the fact that you have the luxury of, of time and of, you know, financially, I mean, that plays in your favor. I mean, you know, statistically speaking, recessions are what, like 18 months? So, Ooh, you know, worst time. case scenario, what's, you know, 18 times 1850? <laughs> um, and you just kind of ride it out but i doubt it'll be on micro acquire for that long i mean yeah because again there there's there's there there are people out there with dry powder and 
in uh, this kind of environment, like the businesses that suffer are the ones that have users rather than customers and mm-hmm. aren't charging yes. anyone. But if you have a business that's already throwing off cash, even, you know, 1850, if it's shown that you can grow it and that the customers are sticky, yeah, that's really valuable, especially to someone who you know, knows how to do content and marketing and stuff. And, and, and I think you've shown with all the content investments that you've made that if you put the time in, it'll grow. You just haven't had that time. Yeah. And that's been a very, very clear correlation because if you look back at the history of it, are we going on a year now? I don't know. Two years? How what? long have I had this business? No, yeah. Wait, two, you launched 2021, it, like, February. Right, yeah, you got it. I think you got it um, into the Heroku Marketplace, like for like the, whatever the baby step was in November of 2020. Yeah, and then I started so selling it in two, February. Have you, have you stepped back and looked at yourself and realized that you have been running a SaaS for two years now? That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. No, that seems crazy. That that just, wow, that's kind of hard to wrap my brain around. It's true. It's true. Yep. I think I started charging in February of 2021. So almost two years. Wow. That's cool. Look at you. <laughs> and, and when we started this podcast, I had zero businesses. So this is pretty cool. Now you have too many businesses. That's a very... <laughs> That's a very, it's a very good problem to have. It's a very good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, I think that. So if you look at the history of Simple File Upload, like it went up really quickly, then it was stagnant for a while. And then as soon as we put some effort into marketing, as soon as we put some effort into marketing, it started growing again. So I think there's a clear correlation between marketing effort and growth of the product. Like I know exactly what I would do if I kept it. Um, I feel like I have a like, good actionable plan for growing the business. So yeah, I I think it's a great opportunity for someone. But I also think because of the price point, it's a little bit too expensive for your indie dev. Like I've had a couple of people reach out, like, are you going to sell it? Like, and I I send them the listing and they're like, Ooh, you know, not quite what I was trying to do. And um, it's a little too small for like a, you know, a little bit of a bigger shop. So just finding that sweet spot will be interesting to see if, you know, to see if people are interested and if I can sell it. And if not, like I said, it's, it works great. Pretty much runs itself, low support, basically just makes money. Um, So it feels like a win-win no matter what happens, I guess. I mean, and there's also people out there who have portfolios of small bets who, right. you know, have tons of like or you know like five companies that are under 10k each for example yeah and then they're just you know trying to they're they're sort of spreading their money out so i'm sure you'll find someone yeah and one of the things that is very important to me is to take care of my existing customers i have a handful of customers maybe like five ish who have been big supporters of me and this business since the beginning and they are the kind of people that i would not have made it without them And so that's really important to me to make sure that when and if I do sell it, whomever I sell it to is committed to providing the same level of customer support and um, care that I do with these people because they and they don't even know me. Right. These are people that found me through the podcast or found me through Twitter who've just been phenomenal supporters. And hopefully they all know who they are. Um, And I just 
appreciate them so much. And so it's really important to me that that everything is good for them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, it's a concern a lot of people have when they're selling and I mean, to what you said earlier, though, you're probably too small, like in terms of revenue for like, you know, a big like PE firm, for oh, example, yeah. who would buy things and then just sort of jack up the prices as much as they can. And right. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about probably that. too small for for them. I mean, realistically, I, I have a feeling that your ideal buyer is somebody who already owns another small SaaS or two. Yeah. Has some familiarity, you know, with with um the space right probably you know is a developer themselves so can can manage the product themselves that's what i'm hoping i think that would be ideal and and like i said i think there's so much room for growth like i even i should put this in my listing but like i literally know exactly what i think you could do to yeah you should like make a google doc or something and like include that when you sell it in the same way like you you know you sell a house and you're like by the way like here's how the sprinklers work like (laughs) (laughs) so that's one of the interesting things too about selling it so part of the reason i would sell it is because it would just be nice to i think not have the mental overhead of it even though it's very very low mental overhead i think there's always some kind of background processing or as i see it growing it's hard not to be like oh man if i could just launch my no code you know my no code white label or if i could just redo the onboarding like we could probably double revenue so that stuff is kind of always like swirling around so if i didn't own it i think the mental kind of background processing would dissipate so that's one of the reasons but also Again, like it's it's working great, so not in a rush. It seems like it almost hangs over your head like a chore, right? It's like something you should be doing, but it's not necessarily the thing you're excited about doing. So I'm excited about doing it, but I had the time for it. But I feel like now I really need to focus. I mean, I love working on it, to be fair. Like I love file uploading way more than most people. Well, you love like working on the, the product and the software side yeah. of it. Yeah. But I just feel like as we've talked about it, like the the content and the marketing side was not where your heart was as much as the software side. But I, I mean, I think this is a kind of a difference that we've sort of seen develop in you over the past six months is that you are more of a salesperson than you are a marketing person. Yeah. I'm, and by the way, so so excited to get into that. Yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to say about that. Where I was going with that was MicroAcquire does have this landing page that's basically like how to be a good seller and like oh well you should have everything written down and you should have the business should be ready to sell and you should have a transition plan and I don't have any of that stuff so I was looking at that and I was like maybe now isn't a great time to sell because if I have to spend you know weeks putting together documentation for you then although I do have pretty good documentation like like server side documentation it would actually be more work than just not selling it. Yeah, I mean, there's a an amount of work, but like, if you're gonna sell a simple file upload for what? If I casually said six to eight times, yeah, go revenue, ahead, casually right? say that. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, just like that would be nice, right? So <laughs> what, I mean, nice. we're talking what? I mean, just like doing this off the top of my head, like what? Like somewhere in the range of like eighty to a hundred thousand dollars no, right but... very conservatively probably higher well hold on let me let me do the math like okay go ahead keep talking while I do the math 
<laughs> like maybe spending, you know, a, yeah. a, a Friday with a big pot of coffee in Google Docs, writing all that down. Like maybe it's worth it for like, you know, casual eighty hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And if someone was I mean, serious, every, every chore has a price. Right. And that's a that's a pretty nice price for one. Yeah. Um, and, and if someone was serious, of course, I would put the work in. I guess what I was saying with that is I was looking at that. I was like, I should probably have that, but I'm not going to make that right now. Right. Like, I'd rather yeah, have that yeah, external I mean, yeah. forcing function of a serious buyer. Uh, someone already offered me 80K and I turned it down. So anyone listening, oh. not going to take 80K. Why I did mean, you turn it down? Because that's not. Look, look at this. If I'm making 1850 times 12 times if we say multiples are four to six so let's do times five that's one hundred eleven thousand dollars right in the middle and it was my first offer so yeah Just yeah have, maybe that was an overshare for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but anyone can look at the listing on micro acquire so um yeah, yeah so you, what is it listed for is it um like is it, there like a price given or is it like yeah a you range? have to list like, it for i've actually price. never i list okay, it for 120 so I think that's reasonable. I do too. It's like, I, I think that's a totally reasonable, you know, I read the micro acquire thingy mabobber. They put out a quarterly, what are things selling for? Now I expect mm. the next one to be lower because the last one came yeah. out before the, the world imploded. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but in the last one, I want to say it was like four to six. I forget the average, but um, yeah. So, so we'll see. Again, it's only been listed for like uh, three, four days. So we'll And see. you haven't even told anyone until now. I haven't even told anyone until <laughs> now. So it might work out for me. Check it back. Might. Check back and I'll let you know. But where I was going with the amount of work is is I was looking at that and I was like, okay, that there's suggested docs you should have. And I was like, yeah, that's all really good, but I'm probably not going to put that together unless someone gets really serious. Yeah. So can we talk about something else really quick? Yeah, of course. So speaking of uh, things imploding, um, Twitter. Oh, Twitter. So, yeah. So with everything going on on Twitter, uh, it made me a little, it made me feel like we shouldn't put all our eggs in one basket with talking to our listeners and this kind of community that's developed around the podcast sort of unintentionally. And so I set up a Substack for us. Okay. Um, and the cool thing about having it on Substack is that like our, yeah, I guess I didn't tell you about this. You did not. <laughs> so surprise. Uh, surprise. Yeah. So um, is it like automatically pulls everything in from Transistor or from the RSS? So it creates a post every time we have a new episode, but then okay. people can comment on that. And there's also a chat thing if you have the Substack app. So like, you know, because we have the little community on Twitter and also our account. And so in case like, I don't know, I mean, Twitter's been killing features left and right. Like they're going to kill Review, which is the newsletter platform I used for my uh, book. And so I had to switch that over to Substack this week. Um, so if they kill the communities thing, then we still have a place to, to talk to each other and... I was like, with all the Mastodon stuff and everything is like dot .social, I was like, oh my God, if we could get software dot .social, that would be amazing. And, you know, of course it's taken. So, you know, because, yeah. But anyway. I, so, okay, so I don't use Substack. I don't know what it is. Is it like a forum? It's like newsletters. Okay, where's newsletter the, where's the chatting happen? How does On the Substack app. Oh, so you'd have to get the Substack app. It's like Medium, basically, but better. Oh, okay, cool. And newslettery. Yeah. Okay. Um, And the other thing... 
I think I told you about this. Is that I ordered Software Social stickers? No. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of stuff and not telling you apparently. I love it. I love um, it. Tell me more. And they are actually apparently sitting in my mailbox right now. And I was like, oh, it'd be fun if we like mail them out to people um, before I realized, you know, just how much that costs and everything. But then also I was like, wait a minute, I ordered 300 stickers and then I went to check Transistor and we have over 400 subscribers. So I was like, I didn't even order enough. <laughs> we can give them out but, at the next conference we're at. My, what's... Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll mail you some and... Uh, you know, sure. you, since you get to go to so many more meetups and yeah, that's true. Yeah, things that's true. than I do. Than you, you do. Know? So, yeah. Um, cool. I like stickers. But yeah. So speaking of our listeners, wanted to give a huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. You can become a supporter for $100 a year at softwaresocial.dev slash supporters. And a special shout out to our newest supporter, Lynn Romlich from Conbini, as well as thank you to our existing supporters, Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. He really does. Uh, Dave from Recut, who also has a nice personality, Mac of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Remy from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, who, by the way, I heard gave uh, a wonderful talk um, at MicroConf Europe this week. So congrats, Remy. Uh, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gamas of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of CrowdCentry, Nate Ritter of RoomSteals, Anna Mass of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetti, Justin Jackson of MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Kaylee of Tosslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lena and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of KeyHero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Laravel developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Noodle Studios, and Mitchell Davis from Recruit Kit. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of RoomSteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, 
Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Convini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.